0: to this special episode of Over the Farmgate with me, Farmers Guardian Head of Business, Alex Black. On this special edition, we're talking to Farming Minister Mark Spencer, following an announcement by DEFRA this week on changes to his environmental land management scheme. On Thursday, Defra announced a new prospectus was to be published online detailing 280 actions that farmers will be paid to deliver through an enhanced version of the Countryside Stewardship Scheme, known as Countryside Stewardship Plus, alongside an accelerated rollout of the Sustainable Farming Incentive that will see a further six standards added to the offer. The changes were made in a bid to entice more farmers onto the scheme. I've been speaking with Farming Minister Mark Spencer to find out more.
1: So, so I think really I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to get farmers to take a fresh look at some of this stuff we've done a lot of work with the pilots looking at um, what works and what doesn't work and, and I think we, we've taken on a board a lot of that uh, comment and you know some of it's been gentle criticism about what we can do better and today is the result of those sort of pilot schemes uh, and you know I think it's a real opportunity for farmers to take a fresh look at uh, uh, what's available in SFI? What's new about countryside stewardship, uh, and for other groups to to take a look at landscape recovery?
0: And I know one of the one of the sectors that have been, you know, quite, you know, worried about um, about the schemes has been the tenant farmed sector. What have you done in this announcement to make it more accessible for them?
1: Yeah, so a lot more flexibility, especially in SFI. Uh, I, I think we've we've really listened to what Kate Rock and the TFA have been saying to us because people worry about signing up to an agreement, say, for five years and then losing access to that land after three uh, and being penalised. Now, we've, we've really taken that on board, so there's much more flexibility. So you, if you lose manageable control of that land, you won't be penalised. Um, you don't need to engage with your landlord to... Uh, uh you know to get permission for lots of this stuff uh, and so you know I, I think a number of voices have been telling us how to be more flexible and we've delivered on that
0: Excellent. and um, in all the reaction that we've got one of the things that's been pointed out is that maybe that this is very attractive to a lot of arable farmers and farmers in the lowlands what is the for farmers that are up in the uplands and up in the hills
1: yeah so again we, we really did listen to, to that um you know upland farmers they can be paid for lots of actions, including moorland, grassland, uh, upland, peat. Uh, I think there's over 130 actions available to those upland farmers. Um, you know, all the standards we're introducing in SFI in 2023 are open uh, to them. So there's there's a whole lot of stuff that is there to support. Uh, you know, I mean, particularly the, um, the the grassland stuff that we've slotted in there, the two extra SFI measures. I think there's huge opportunity. And we, you know, they're the people we want to support, if I'm honest. You know, they're the guys that are out there working day and night, trying to make a living out of sheep and beef. I know how hard work that is. I want them to not only succeed and be profitable, but to also, you know, continue to improve the environment and the landscape and biodiversity.
0: And you're, you're a farmer yourself, so with your with your farmer's hat on rather than your politician's hat, how how do you see the scheme? What, what are your views on it from a farmer's perspective?
1: I think... I think it's worth a second look, actually. I think it is a genuine change of direction. Um, you know, I understand the nervousness because we've come to depend on the basic payment scheme and that's been a very nice check in December to, to keep you uh, your head above water. But we need to recognise this is a new world. We've got to go in a different direction. I understand how challenging that is. And, you know, clearly, uh, although I'm not that involved with the home farm now, it's my son who's running it. I think he's he's certainly having another look at these things to see how he can engage with it as well so that sort of leads me to to a bit of optimism and talking to friends you know um i think they're open to it as well uh, it's so small family farms you know the sort of between 50 and 150 hectares i really want them to have a look and em- embrace this because i know the i know the big estates will have them you know they'll have savils on board and they'll be able to sort all that out but it's a, it's the little guys that are busting the nuts day and night I'm, I'm talking like a farmer now rather than a politician like, but you, you know what I mean those people that are, are out there on the tractor and looking after sheep and, and cattle uh, all all day I want them to have a try and find a couple of hours to sit in the office and just have a look at it
0: yeah. And I mean, for that um, perspective as well, your position, you know, in, in DEFRA and that, how have you felt being that farmer? And have you been able to put that farmer's perspective to, you know, to the people making all the decisions?
1: So if I'm honest, I feel a bit of pressure. You know, I think, you know, I I don't like being token farmer in DEFRA because I do feel a huge weight of responsibility of my peers and, and friends who's, future generations rely on some of the decisions that we make but I hope I can bring a bit of real world reality to to some of the decisions but my experience has been actually the officials that I meet on a day-to-day basis I've got I've got the hearts and interests of those farmers you know very close to their to them to their ambitions and they're doing all they can to try and help and support farmers through this transition. Of course, we want to try and improve biodiversity and improve the environment and, and you know, help songbirds and all the, I mean, all the great things, frankly, my grandfather used to do for free. We want farmers to be able to carry on and do that. But obviously they need to do that uh, when they're profitable. Now, I think we can have a double whammy here. We can improve the environment and keep them profitable uh, and you know, take a fresh look.
0: I think that's a that's a key point, isn't it? That's been raised multiple times. Is that you know people want to help the environment. You know, farmers in particular are, are very passionate about the environment. But it's got to got to pay. It's got to reward them for it. Do you think that this scheme now will do that?
1: I, I do, and I, you know, I, I mean, obviously, it's something I've done for the whole of my political career and my sort of involvement with various farming uh, lobby groups. It's just pointing out to people well, gent- gently. The, the landscapes that we love you know that the, the when you're on the train you're looking out the window those beautiful rolling hills, those stone walls, those beautiful hedgerows they're not there by accident they're there because farmers over generations have created that beautiful landscape we hold so dear and they will they will continue to do that if they're profitable and what we're trying to do is help them on that journey and get back to some of those traditional farming methods that actually my grandfather, probably, uh, you know, in using cover crops, in in uh, using pest management systems. You know, if you can create habitats for lacewings and ladybirds, they'll eat the aphids without us having to, to spray insecticides. Well, you know, that's what our grandfathers were doing, albeit without the modern tech that we've got today. So we should be able to do better. Uh, and I think these schemes help and support people on that journey.
0: And um, on that point, really, uh, I've had some reaction from some of the organic bodies, and they seem to be a bit disappointed that there isn't a coordinated approach for for organic farming. Is that something? Is there something there for organic farmers? Is that something that you're looking at?
1: I mean, I am actually quite surprised by that. There's loads in there, loads and loads. look at countryside stewardship. I mean, I've got I've got a list here that I can read. I, mean, I can keep going for ten minutes on the stuff that we're we're doing for the organic sector in terms of. Uh, converting approved permanent grassland from conventional management to organic management, converting rotational land, temporary grassland um, from cultivation into the organic sector, maintaining improved permanent grassland on organic management. I mean, the list goes on and on and on under countryside stewardship. They get a lot of support in, and and that's great. Um, But, you know, let's look after the little guys as well, those beef, sheep and arable farmers on the smaller units who also need a bit of a a, leg up.
0: And if you're, you know, you've got a pitch now to, to farmers, to our listeners and, and readers uh, now, you know, who maybe haven't looked at it before or have looked at it and thought, oh, maybe that's not for me. You know, give them a pitch. Why should they go back and take another look at it?
1: Yeah. So so we are in a new world. You know, we have to recognise we have we've set on this train of basic payments coming down over the seven year period. So that is going to evaporate to zero after we've got through those seven years. So this is the moment to start and embrace the new world, just to think about how it might work with your current farming system, what you might be able to tweak to, you know, to try and help you on that journey. And I I, I promise you, when you look at some of this stuff, it, 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 at first it might seem like a bit of a nuisance, you know, cut, I love cutting my hedge in September, looks neat for the whole winter, but actually if you can leave it till February and you can generate a huge amount of you know a huge pantry of berries for those winter birds and you can combine that with a with a, a wildlife strip next to it so that actually without running on that wheat crop uh, in the in February and making roots in your crop you've got a nice bit of cover you can have a an insect buffer where you're creating all of that food again for birds and and uh, helping with pest management it actually works from a practical farming Perspective. You've just got to open your mind up a little bit, and 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 go with that flow. And I think you'll get a lot of satisfaction from that as a farmer. You know, I I mean, I find it pretty rewarding. Uh, I mean, last summer I I had the privilege of sitting on a tractor just for a day, doing a bit of ploughing, and I saw for the first time in twenty years a huge flock of plover, of of lapwings. I don't think I've seen them since I was a kid. That is due to some of my friends and neighbours and the work they've done with plover plots. i I think you get a lot of satisfaction out of seeing the positive impact you have on that landscape
0: Uh, and presumably there that you've convinced them to do it what what's happening next with the um with with getting the information out to farmers that they need and you know is it a simple process for them to get involved because i know that's one of the biggest barriers you know time poor farmers
1: we've got loads to make it much more simple so the website should be easier to navigate the the standards should be easier to achieve and we're we're, we're, we're really trying to be seen as there to assist, not to penalise, not to measure, not to turn up at dawn with a tape measure and go, haha, we've caught your 50 centimetres short, but to give you gentle advice and support and, and help you on this, on this journey. And I think that's a new approach from us. It needs a new approach from the, from the farming sector. And I think together we can have a really positive outcome.
0: Excellent. And in terms of the information coming out to farmers, I know there was a uh, message that it'll be that'll it be coming out to farmers. Is that the next kind of step for them?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So, so we'll be writing a letter to all farmers. But you know, I, I need the Farmers Guardian to evangelise on this as well, and to make sure they communicate that message. I need seed merchants. I need retailers. So I need lots of people within the sector to take a fresh look and to frankly have a chat about it in the pub. Go and talk to your mates and talk about what you might do. And, you know, I think uh, when you talk to your friends and neighbours and you have a fresh look at it, you'll see actually working together and cooperating together, you can have a really positive impact. You can uh, maintain your profitability and, uh, and improve the environment.
0: Is there anything else that you want to get across to farmers?
1: I think, I think I'm, I'm happy. My main message is, you know, take another look. Take another look at this. I think it's really exciting what we can achieve and I I recognize the massive challenge that farmers have got on at the moment with fertilizer prices and energy prices and access to labor it's been rough for a lot of people this is a new opportunity to to move in a different direction and you know come with us on that journey and uh, we want to see a thriving agricultural sector keeping us well fed improving the environment and improving biodiversity.
0: Thank you to the Minister. For more on the changes that have been announced to Elms and all the latest reaction from the farming community, visit fginsight.com or pick up a copy of the latest edition of Farmer's Guardian. That's it for this special edition of Over the Farm Gate. We'll be back with another episode on Friday. Thank you for listening. Goodbye for now.